All right, well, we'll get started today, and we, we, my goal is today is to finish the Holy Spirit. We've been on this long, much longer than we've been on anything else, but we've had some great conversations and some great thought provokes and, um, and everything. So we'll, um, we've, as we've been working, Alan doesn't know, but we've been working our way through some of the basics, doctrines of, of the uh, Christian faith, and going through A through Z, uh, but just, uh, and when I got to the H, I couldn't go with anything other than the Holy Spirit. As we looked at God the Father, we look at the third person. He was the first person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity and what he does for us. So we've seen the person of the Holy Spirit. We've seen the preexistence of the Holy Spirit. We've seen the permanence of the Holy Spirit. And then last Sunday, we started the performance of the Holy Spirit and what he does. And so just as a brief get, get up to speed is what we see he does regarding Scripture. Uh, remember, even though he used humans to write Scripture, these, these guys didn't write what they wanted to write. They wrote as the Holy Spirit led them, as he moved them. Um, remember we said we probably wouldn't have wrote that about Jonah after the whole city of Nineveh got saved. Jonah went and pouted. We wouldn't have wrote that. We wouldn't have wrote that David fell into sin with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. So he inspires. The second thing we saw is he illuminates. As we read the Bible, as the preacher or the teacher speaks the word of God, the Holy Spirit speaks into their heart i've heard people before not so much me maybe april's joked me a little bit about getting off of her toes um i've heard people say you know man why are you preaching at me dude i have no earthly idea what you're going through okay and i've told people that before i don't know we all let's be honest let's let's take our spiritual uh crown off we're all human the Bible says there's a sin that does so easily beset us. In other words, that's, that's how the King James is written. There's a sin that we all easily fall into. We got to talking about Holly and her addictions. You know, that's something that she could easily fall into. Every last one of us have sins that we're not careful we'll fall into very easily. So we can't be some super saint. Okay, but sometimes as the Holy Spirit uses a preacher or a teacher... See, I couldn't have Luke in class today. You put Luke and Alan together, I'd have to separate them and put one in one corner and one in the other corner. Okay, bud. Uh-oh, I'm getting scored. Yeah. What's Jay off class meeting at? They're not meeting today. They're in Georgia. Yeah, they're in Georgia. So that's why I got Alan. Bless your heart. I know, see? No, no, they're in Georgia today. So their class kind of dispersed with all the other classes. Yeah, they'll be back next week. He's got our condolences. Yeah. Alright. But sometimes, you know, we've got a sin that we all fall can easily fall into. I don't care whether you're a preacher, Sunday school teacher, or pew filler. It doesn't matter. But sometimes the preacher is preaching God's word. That's the only thing we got. You're preaching God's word, and the Holy Spirit starts working inside of you. Can I, can I help you understand? It's not the preacher. Trust me, the preacher's got enough sins in his own life to deal with. And that's the illumination of the Holy Spirit. He's working in your heart. He's, 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 he's tugging. He's knocking at your door. And he's trying. Huh? He's trying to tell you something. Absolutely. So he can do that. Through the word, 
And as the illumination, just like we said, shine a light. Uh, Psalms 119, a light into our feet, a, a lamp to our feet, and a light into our path. All right. He can do it as you read the word, but you, he can also do it as you hear the word preached. Mm-hmm. I know full well this morning, last Sunday, I don't know how many we'll have this morning. I don't have ESP. <laughs> um, last Sunday morning, we had 120 people. Out of that 120 people, you may have had 80 that was listening pretty decent. You had 20 that mine was off somewhere in no, Never Never Land, work or what's for lunch or this, that, and the other. What I preached last Sunday morning about worry, maybe not everybody needed, but somebody needed it. You have some of us that left crying. Okay, well, mm-hmm. don't blame me. <laughs> but no. I, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there you go. He's illuminating, he's illuminating it. Um, but I've learned... A message is not for everybody, but it is for somebody. And I don't know that person, but the Lord knows. And it's not up for me. Because honestly, when I say I've got enough in my own life to handle, I don't need to handle somebody else's. That's where we're going this morning in the Sermon on the Mount, by the way. But anyway, so that's the Holy Spirit's performance regarding Scripture. And we saw regarding Satan. And that's where we finished up last week. Literally, the Holy Spirit is like that little dam down here at the bottom of the river. That Holy Spirit is withholding a lot of evil back. Could you imagine how bad it would be if the Holy Spirit wasn't holding some wickedness back? Man, I mean, me and Manny's talked politics many times and everything that's going down the hill so fast, and y'all know it. Could you imagine what this world's going to be like after the rapture of the church and the Holy Spirit's gone? Oh, it's going to be horrible. Uh, And then, so the third part is where we'll start and hopefully finish today is the Holy Spirit's performance concerning sinners. And uh, that fit my, my outline because we're all sinners. We're either, we're, we're, we're either saved sinners or lost sinners. Really, honest to goodness, like I said, I think it was one, one week just recently. There's only two divisions in all of society. It has nothing to do with color of your skin or education or financial status. It's either you're in Christ or in the flesh. It's one of the two. There's no in-between. You're either in Christ or in the flesh. So we're sinners, but yet we're saved. So the Lord doesn't look at us as sinners. He looks at us as saints. But before we can get saved, the first thing we see the Holy Spirit has to do, he has to convict us. Someone read John 16, 7 through 11. Can you read it? Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Comforter will come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Okay, I've lost my place. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. My medicine hasn't kicked in. I'm sorry. Are you okay? Uh, This is Jesus telling his disciples that he's going to be crucified and rise again and have to go to Father. He's going to ascend. So he's telling them that I've got to die and I've got to go away. And they're like, no, Jesus, we don't want you to go. Look, look back at verse 7. I'm going to tell you a truth. It is expedient. It is needful for you that I go away. 
For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. That comforter is the Holy Spirit. It's another word for it. He's going to go away. And he says, and if I depart, I'll send him unto you. But when he has come, he will reprove. He will show the world their sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, verse number nine, of sin, because they believe not on me. The day I got saved, May 17, 1991, I realized that I was a sinner. I wasn't a wicked, vile sinner on death row. But I know that one sin in my life would keep me from a holy God. And so, uh, and the biggest sin was that is I didn't, I didn't ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. And so the Holy Spirit has to convict you. That's the first step in salvation. A man can never be saved without the Holy Spirit working in his heart. I know Alan's testimony like the back of my hand. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not glorifying sin. And I don't want you to get that wrong. But Alan was a drunk. He'll tell you that. He said, I was not an alcoholic. I was a drunk. And uh, Adam was working on a, uh, uh, he, he worked at APAC, Ashland Paving and Concrete, doing uh, roads. And uh, he, he'll tell you, he said, I was out there one day working and a truck driver come and stopped. And he said, do you know that Jesus loves you? Ain't that what he said? Yeah, I never heard that. That's my heart. Yep. And uh, Alan said, the Holy Spirit then started convicting him and working in him until what a week or two later you went to church yeah. and uh, gave your heart to Christ. Alan knew then that he needed something. Well, that truck basically hit you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, in a spiritual sense, yeah. yes. And uh, um, but he was a kind and gentle man, and that's the way you do in like at, like running clothes, old lady, John 3, 16, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah. I rolled the window. Just yeah. Just yeah. It's a cool, simple thing. You know, Tim Tebow, when he played in the national title yep. a few years ago, had those black eye things, and it said John 3, 16. They said that next either week to a month or what was the most Googled thing in America. Everybody wanted to see what it was. And how simple, just a little eye, eye blackener patch. And he got... Yep. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they hate him. Oh, did Tim Tebow to hear the and world talks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep, Jacksonville Snag Wars. Yep, but the Holy Spirit convicts you. He starts working in your life. Um, the next thing we see is he is in the process, and he helps convert you. So he shows you your sin, but he also... Shows us what Christ Jesus has done for us. This is one of my favorite verses, so I'll read this one. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. One of the biggest things this world needs to see is what verse 5 says, the very first part, not by works of righteousness which we have done. Because here's the problem. We don't have any righteousness. Um, I was a kid. I was saved at 13 years old. I want that bad, but I would have become very bad, I'm sure. 
Um, I might would have went down the road that Alan uh, took with with alcohol or drugs or, or or immorality or whatever the case may be for everybody. But it's not by works of righteousness we have done, but it's by the work of righteousness which Jesus done. And the world can't make sense. I heard a preacher this week talking about he had met a doctor, and you know this dude was super highly educated. And if I'm not mistaken, he was a neurosurgeon, which is probably the smartest of doctors. Um, you know, brain doctors have to be pretty sharp. And this preacher was talking about he witnessed to this brain doctor and shared the gospel of there's a great chasm between uh, man and God. And it's a great gulf. It would be like a cliff over here and a cliff over here. And the story says as man walks and dies, he falls off in that cliff and has to spend eternity in hell. But he said, God made a bridge, and that bridge is Jesus Christ. If you could put a little cross in, in that chasm, and if you go on that bridge, which is Jesus Christ, you can get to heaven. And the doctor said, don't expect me to believe something that's that foolish. So for the lost world, it is foolish. But for a loving God, so it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy. Cortland, not getting a spanking. <laughs> that was mercy. But grace, getting him ice cream instead. So by his mercy, he saved us. And God's the only one that'll do that. We know that. But by the washing of regeneration. That that word regeneration is the same thing as being born again. That's why in John 3, uh, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. Uh, it's the same thing of, of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. He's a new creature. And uh, I... Alan's heard my story. Cindy may have had. But I remember as a kid, I was outside. I found something hanging off a tree, and I didn't know what it was. So I went and got my dad. And sure enough, it was a cocoon. And so my dad said, let's watch this. So he takes his knife. All good men carry pocket knives. Nowadays, probably better to carry something else. But anyway, uh, he cut it off, and he found a big jar. And he went and he put that little branch in that cocoon, and he, he suspended it. He took the jar. Yeah, and he poked holes all in the jar. And I remember, I don't know why, I never took naps as a kid, but I remember one Sunday I went and took a nap, and I was woke up by something going. And what it was is that cocoon had finally opened up, and it was a butterfly had come out, and his wings was hitting the sides of the jar. He was a new creature. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does in for us. He, de- he um, Alan no longer was Alan uh, the drunk. He was Alan the disciple. Um, washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. He helps do that. He comes in our life, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, being justified. That word justification is a deep word. And I actually was reminded yesterday. A lot of times we say justification, the easiest definition is just as if I'd never sinned. Well, we've all sinned. And that's why God looks at us just as if we hadn't. But it is really an act of God that says, literally, we're declared righteous. Even though in a sinful state, we're still declared righteousness because of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit convicts us, then he converts us. The next thing we see the Holy Spirit does for us, he baptizes us. Someone, if you read, read 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be by Jews or Gentiles, whether we be that bond of free and have been all made to drink into one spirit. All right. For by one spirit we have been baptized into one body. Now, 
right now we got a Baptist church right here. The very little ways down, if Manny and Teresa turn and leave and go home, what's the first church they're going to get to? They're going to get to the Methodist church. The next church, maybe a little bit down from that, they're going to get to a church of the brethren. Uh, keep on going down, you're going to get to a Southern Baptist church. Uh, Woodlawn. Then at the end of Westover, you're going to get to Hillcrest Baptist church. You go over there, you got Episcopalians and you got Catholics and you got all these. They're different denominations because they have different beliefs or different but well, they say they have different interpretations but it's it's what the word of god says and the word of god all believers make up the, the body of christ um we have been baptized into one body the word baptism we believe in immersion you go under the water you come up out of the water that's just a picture of uh what identifies you with christ um uh but immersed. Well, what does the Holy Spirit does when he saves us? He covers us, just like that water. And so we're baptized into one body. And uh, that body, to be a part of that body, it doesn't mean the Baptist doctrine or the Methodist doctrine or the Presbyterian or the Catholic doctrine or whatever doctrine you may want to see. You're only in that body because you've repented from your sins and placed your faith in what Jesus done for you on Calvary. Now, no offense, ladies, y'all know how I feel. And it's not because I feel it, but women can't be preachers because the Bible says it. And, and, and if somebody's got something against that, you got to go to God about that. Don't go to me about it. That's what he's seeing. But the Methodists believe you can, okay? Um, and there's some weird doctrinal beliefs of some people that I don't know how they you get around it. But anyway, salvation comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. As my brother, my buddy Joe Bryant told me, we're saved by faith alone, through grace alone, and through Christ alone. That's just a simple fact. There's only one way. So then the Holy Spirit baptizes us. The next thing we see, we talked about it a while back. We've talked about it a couple of times. He seals us, uh, just like the cannon jars. We've got somebody was saying a cannon, you know, that little pop when it's sealed, or the signet ring when it's pushed in ink or wax. Um, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Literally, when we're saved, it's like almost, now figuratively, we're in a little jar, <laughs> and uh, we're sealed. All that sin is sealed out. When you seal a vegetable, I guess, or fruit, or whatever it is, you, you done sealed all the air out so it can stay fresh. Well, we're sealed out and waiting to be opened in heaven. So that's the Holy Spirit that does that. Uh, when we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, we commit sin and, and it hurts his feelings in a sense. It hurts his righteous feelings, I guess, and we're on our own. Um, the next thing we see is not only does he seal us, he fills us or should be filling us. And that's left up to you and I. Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Most of our life, right now, I'm getting filled up with coffee. This is good coffee. All right. Um, I was helping uh, a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine, set some trusses yesterday on, on a, a big shop he's building. Um, I think one of his buddies or somebody had he brought, brought some beer in the bottom of a cooler. Well, naturally, out of respect for me, which I do appreciate, nobody drank the whole day. Um, they may have had later after I left, but they were all probably so tired. They were like me. They just wanted to find air conditioning. Um, <laughs> But they had a choice. You can either drink or not drink. We have a choice too. Are we to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And that's when we empty us of us and we get in God's word 
and we read God's word, we study God's word, we pray, and let the Holy Spirit work inside of us. And then if as we we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a daily process where we say no to us and no to earth and no to the people and yes to him. And once the Holy Spirit fills you, oh, it's good. It is good. There's nothing in the world like it. Uh, he fills us. Then we see he prays for us. Somebody, if you read, would read, read 8, uh, 26 of Romans. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we, we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Life is hard. Let's be honest with you. We all have struggles. We all have tragedies. We all have tough times. Sometimes it's easy to be hurt with life or hurt by somebody or hurt. We're hurt by that, uh, and we can be so hurt we don't even know how to pray. We don't even know how to put it into words. But when it's different, different times like that, no, the Holy Spirit is literally praying for us. He's praying to the Father. And if we had more room and read the next few verses, you'll see... The God, the Father, knows what the mind of the Holy Spirit is, and that Holy Spirit's living inside of us. So something inside of us, the Holy Spirit's communicating with God. He knows what we need. He knows our fears, our our, our, our worries, our, our pains. Uh, so the Holy Spirit literally prays for us. And in the last thing, we see literally the Holy Spirit helps us. Um, someone can read John 14, 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. Okay, I think I chose this out of the ESV or New American Standard Bible. So the wording's a little bit different if you didn't recognize that. Uh I like this because it says what the help of the Holy Spirit is. He is a helper. Um, so <clears throat> Jesus was here. He says, I'm going to pray and ask the Father. He will give you another uh, helper. Helper. I think the King James says comforter. So that he will be with you forever. For the helper is the, I love this, the spirit of truth. The world cannot receive it because it does not see him nor know him. But you know because he remains with you and will be in you. That Holy Spirit is the one inside of us leading and guiding us. When we do something wrong, all of a sudden we feel guilty. That's because we have grieved the Holy Spirit and he's speaking to us. That is a good thing. That shows us that we're God's children. If we could say or do or act or any way we wanted to, we may not truly be saved. We may truly be God's child. So when we feel guilty, that's just a confirmation. Hey, I did something to grieve the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to repent and ask forgiveness. I just realized. I knew we were missing somebody else today. Nathan and Cameron. They're downstairs with the teens. I just, I don't know why I heard one of the kids laugh. Hunter's little boy, Ryder, got strep throat this week. And so his wife woke up feeling pretty bad this morning. And Hunter was going to stay and help them get ready. Well, help them get breakfast. and They were going to stay at home anyway. But his wife got to feeling so bad. She's at the doctor. So, Hunter, that's who I was missing. I knew we were down with somebody else. But, I don't know. Forgive me. That's how my brain jumps. <laughs> and I also noticed Amber's shoes match her shirt. <laughs> I noticed some of the weird stuff. I noticed her shoes. And I noticed Manny's phone. He's got the little camera pointing out. And it's just the way the light hits it. 
one time I thought, man, I'm being recorded. No. <laughs> but uh, it's funny how my brain, I told y'all my, I'm the most distracted person on human on two feet. No, because back when we were sitting in the sanctuary, this was earlier, I saw that. Y'all heard watch me also, man. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Oh, sweet. <laughs> See, that, that, okay. Man, talk about being coordinated. No, I noticed everything. Uh, not much I noticed everything, too. All right. So, all right. Now, that means I've done got in the flesh. I'm noticing crazy stuff like that. But the Holy Spirit's the one that helps us stay rooted and grounded in what we need need to be. And uh, so the Holy Spirit works inside of us. So with that, he is our power source. Uh, I can't. I can't run that TV unless it's plugged into that that outlet right there behind Michael. We can't do what we're needed to do and supposed to do and called to do without that Holy Spirit. All right, any questions?